All right, good morning. It is week 11 in the NFL. Uh, Richie, how are we doing today? Oh, it's a good day. Uh, big Cleveland Browns fan for three hours today. Going to set up our G-men, hopefully, to really get on those Eagles. Rooting for the Browns today. No Miles Garrett, but they got to win today. That's a genuinely uncomfortable sentiment for any fan of any team, even Browns fans. I know. Anyway, uh, it is JPS football. We are excited to be here this morning. Um, Following up from what was a really fun show Friday night, yeah, put it out to one. you yesterday morning. Uh, so if you haven't listened to that already, go ahead, take a listen. We cover a lot. We went over uh, some baseball scandals, some NBA action, which was honestly still happening, too much to keep track of. And NFL, we wrapped up our show talking about teams that we thought were the legit contenders. So this morning... Uh, for our first segment, instead of giving you just our prediction and scores, we want to talk about the other teams, kind of the middle-tier teams. Which teams are set up probably not to contend um, this season, but that we think are building something legitimate for the future. So we had a few teams in mind. Rich, do you want to start off? Um, tell me one of the ones we brought up. Yeah, I'm going to go onto this Belichick coaching tree. Newer coaches in the league. Uh, I'm going to start down south in Miami. With the Dolphins, we were very critical of uh, them benching Fitzpatrick. As were most people, but yeah, we none of us were fans of that move. Two has proven that uh, they did make the right decision. And uh, they're winning, and they're finding different ways to win. Uh, their defense is very good. They're a young, energetic team. Um, and a lot of times when teams first make that impact, like, hey, we're here, doesn't always go their way once they've run into an established vet. And I do think that might be their fate this year. But setting up for the future, they have a lot to be excited about. I think so, too. I mean, their defense has exceeded anyone's expectations. I think most of us thought they would be a stingy defense. But they're playing at a pretty high level. Um, as for offense, Tua's should feel right at home. Because, you know, I don't know about schematically, but because um, I, I haven't looked that carefully. But I'll tell you, uh, philosophy-wise, it seems to be mirroring what he's used to in Alabama, at least older school Alabama, which is control the ball, don't turn it over. If we want to get points. We're going to take shots. But at the end of the day, it's more important that you don't make a mistake. So yeah, um, And that's what he's been doing. And I think that's why um, it was the right call, as it turns out, to bench Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick was a little bit more of a gambler. Um Two is going to make big plays. It's just a matter of time. But for now, they're keeping the offense safe and vanilla enough for him to use his athleticism to make plays, get comfortable with game minutes, um, but ultimately put him in low-pressure, um, high-success situations. And I think it's really smart coaching. And although I wasn't a fan of the move initially, I think the, that they're building towards next season to be legit contenders next year. Uh, which I did not think the rebuild was going to look that fast. But no, no. I think that's what they're looking at, and that's the the justification for having Tua in there at this earlier point than many of us expected. I agree with, with pretty much everything you said with um, the philosophy favoring uh, the quarterback's strength and also, you know, key, which is first and foremost taking care of the ball. And that kind of leads me to my other team, uh, my team, the New York football giants, once again, another new head coach under the Belichick coaching tree, Joe Judge. Um, similar to Miami, they have a very stingy defense. Um, they've had more injuries than most teams in the NFL, 
But uh, what one of the things that I find interesting with their offensive coordinator, who you know well, Jason Garrett, mm-hmm. is that Garrett's been coaching very well playing into Daniel Jones' strength, which is getting rid of the ball quick and using his athleticism, whether it be once or twice on a RPO or just taking off, you know, finding his niche. And Jones, who was a turnover machine dating back to last year, um, he hasn't turned the ball over in two straight games. They had a huge win over Philly. Now, granted, this is a 3-7 and seven team, but when you look at all the close losses they had, this is a team that could easily be 5-4, and four, excuse me, 5-5, five and five, or maybe, you know, four and six even but the point is is that they're going in the right direction um they did a pretty good job of drafting linemen i know initially it didn't seem that way but andrew thomas is starting to get his confidence amazing it takes time for a rookie to get up to speed in the nfl yeah imagine that yeah you know we had this talk but in new york you know patience isn't a virtue yeah um but no i like what they're doing uh I do not know if it's going to translate into stealing the division title this year because of the terrible start. And Philly has that tie, which could bode huge. But uh, Philly's playing so bad that, yeah, the Giants legitimately have a shot. There's nobody arguing that they're playing the best ball in that division. So, yeah, they, they have a shot. But more importantly, going into next year, I think most people feel that uh, their defense is pretty polished. They might want to add a pass rusher, an edge rusher. But, I mean, even Darnay Holmes, who's been playing the slot corner, has been a really good find with Xavier McKinney making his season debut possibly in Cincinnati, if not the next week against Seattle. Um, they're in a good position. Now you could slide Logan Ryan to cornerback two. They have a lot of depth on defense, and even with the injuries, they've proven that defensively Patrick Graham has done great. I hope we keep him next year because he's done so great with that defense, but he actually might get a head coaching uh, opportunity next year. Yeah, I mean, I like I like all that stuff, and to add to it a little bit, um, you know, this this is a similar situation as you pointed out. Jason Garrett, why would you get a guy like Jason Garrett who runs a uh, a white bread? Yeah, vanilla. Vanilla off. is the right word. It, yeah, like you said, with right Miami and Tua. Same. So the Giants knew that they're not they're not blind or or stupid most of the time. Um, so why would they do that? Well, there's two reasons. One, your quarterback needs confidence. You don't go out there and put a lot of pressure on a guy that's not playing at a high level. Right. You don't just assume he's going to make a big play and that'll turn things around. You want right. to protect him. Daniel Jones has shown he can have the burst play. He did it last year. He could do it. He did. He's done it plenty of times this year. What he hasn't shown is consistency and taking care of the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's taken a while, but I think Garrett's offense is favoring him. Um, to to keep him safe, basically. And that's going to be frustrating for fans that want to see them open it up and stretch the field. But here's part two of this equation. Weapons. Y'all don't have them. You do not have weapons. Plain and simple. Your best uh, receiving option is Evan Ingram or Golden Tate and potentially... um, Well, Darius Slayton, Slayton, unfortunately, he catches... A double team. Um, I do think lately they've been doing their best to highlight guys and put them in positions. Like Shepard has been thriving in that slot role. Tate is a ghost half the time. But uh, an encouraging thing is that we do have Austin Mack, who during the one-game uh, disciplinary act where Tate didn't play, he really showed out against decent enough Washington defense. But ultimately, I think this comes back to what's going on up front. And 
coming in next year with a healthy Saquon Barkley, I think the Giants are starting to buy into the idea that in today's NFL, no matter whether you have a generational talent or not, it's very important to have that running back committee going on to keep guys fresh. I mean, shit, Judge is even doing it on the O-line, you know, switching guys in and out and uh, keeping everybody fresh. And I, it, it's been garnering pretty good results. Well, not only that, you guys need a legit number one receiving option to complement Barkley because we, we talked about this outside for a second. And I want to bring it up here. Um, this idea that we brought up early on and in, in the immediate aftermath of the Saquon injury, it was, of course, well wishes to him. But when we're talking about development of the team and the quarterback, uh, I think in a fucked up way, it's kind of beneficial because if Saquon were here, they'd just be giving him 40 touches a game. It would be no question. It would have worse results because no matter how good Saquon is, you're not going to win giving one guy the ball that many times in this day and age. And I, Even yeah. Derrick Henry needs Tannehill to make the throws um, mm-hmm. to mix it up, right? Yeah, that's a good point because I think when you're forced to improvise, um, you find out that you have a little bit more than you maybe gave your roster credit for, like a guy like Wayne Gallman. They they ran and, and, and got Devontae Freeman, who has failed to stay healthy is one game that he really did play he played well but he has failed to stay healthy and now Gallman is proving that he's worth keeping in this rotation and even old man Alfred Morris is running with some purpose so now you got a situation where you know the old famous uh you know decade or so ago when we won two in four years it was that earth wind and fire you know you had three quality backs and it's funny because you have a similar situation with Gallman Barkley possibly Morris I have a feeling Deion Lewis might get let go of. He didn't really materialize into what they wanted. And I think Freeman, just because of health, is the odd man out. And he'll get a job somewhere because he's talented enough. But, um, you know, the Giants traditionally always keep a fullback on the field. So I imagine Elijah Penny will be back again. He's a valuable blocker. But uh, it's going to be interesting. And um, I think in today's NFL, especially with these injuries, the Giants were shown that it's good to have that extra depth because in past years, I mean, shit, 2019, we lost Barkley and we lost Gallman. And you're like, who's this guy? You know, and it was really scary, you know, how how depleted. So it's good to have that depth because when you have a guy like Alfred Morris on your practice squad, that's pretty good because that's a former Pro Bowl player who actually has not played a lot the last couple of years. And he's rather fresh and still looks like he has something to offer a team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're... We're not shy about our allegiances to our teams, so we're always able to go a little deeper on the Giants or the Cowboys than most teams. Um, But it does tie together with this point we're making about teams building for next year. I think you guys have committed to Daniel Jones, and you've committed to his development. You got, um, to me, one of the best developers of quarterbacks as far as protecting them in Jason Garrett, and I'm not one to, to lavish him with compliments, but he does do that. And I think you've... The way the Saquon injury shook out, the way the expectations were for this year, yeah, the fan base is unsettled, but I think the organization is happy with this. It might not translate to many wins, but it's turning Daniel Jones into a well-rounded quarterback. He doesn't have a guy you can just hand the ball off to 40 Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a go-to wide receiver. So it's making him take the easy throws. Yeah, Jason Garrett is going to... Drive it home. You don't turn the ball over. If you need to throw and take a three-yard pickup or throw it away, you're going to do that. And that's going to make Daniel Jones better in the long run because when you do have those weapons back, whether it's Saquon, whether it's drafting a wideout or picking one up in free agency, 
He's going to be able to take full advantage of those guys. And you're going to be set up to be a damn good team next year, I think, personally. Yeah, I don't think we're far. Um, a name that I've considered, and I'm glad they didn't trade for him at the deadline because you don't want to give up picks when you're building. But a guy who could be available via free agency and I think would be the right fit is a Kenny Galladay mm-hmm. opposite Slayton. I think Slayton is very good, but I still think view him as a number two. Right. Now, you move on from Golden Tate, who, in my opinion, um, that was a stupid contract to begin with, and they had an out when he had the PED suspension. But um, I would, you know, you got Shepard as your slot man. Austin Mack is still young, and who knows? It could be Austin Mack. He might be on the roster already. Time will tell. Pettis was more of an insurance policy, a speedster, but I don't necessarily know what his future holds with us. But I, on one side of the ball, I see the Giants – a player away on defense from truly being an elite unit because you got Bradbury, who in my opinion is the best corner in football right now, and you have Blake Martinez, who leads the league in tackles. Those are two cornerstones for any good defense. And then on the other side of the ball, they're quietly building a confidence and an attitude, mm-hmm. and it all starts up front. We played the game. Well, it all it, starts up front. If If you commit to Daniel Jones as that dude and just continue developing him, you're only a few pieces on offense from being a decent unit. You need one really good O-lineman mm-hmm. and maybe one um, depth guy. And I'll right? tell you. Plug and play. And you need a wide out. Some, Other than that. Something that's really gotten the attention in a positive way of the fan base and just people watching the Giants in general is that over the course of the past month, we've gone from averaging 79 yards per game on the ground to 123 or 124 roughly around there and um you know even if you take away what daniel jones has been contributing they are running the ball much better and offensively we are averaging over the past three four weeks i believe around 24 a game 25 a game which is with that defense is going to win you some games um yeah it depends on the week breakdown and for points per game you guys are still toward the bottom of the league oh yeah that does yeah, you're not going to compensate for right, that month exactly. and a half of putting up nine and twelve points. Same with the rushing. You, you guys have. Um, I have you at one ten, but that puts you in the middle of the pack at the league after starting off horrifically. So, now, what you, does that translate to if we started playing that way? Exactly. So, you know, we'll we'll wrap it up on the Giants here. But I think, despite the record, I think you guys are trending in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and as a divisional rival, I have no reason to blow smoke up your asses. I. Just think your team is on the right path to success for next season. And although usually I'm not a proponent of teams trying to make it into the playoffs just to get there, I think I've been too affected by recency bias with this tanking shit. You guys should absolutely be trying to make the playoffs and win that confidence for that core unit that's going to be here next year. And the thing is, when when you have a team that has not quit on their DC nor their head coach... um whether it means 6 and 10 sneaking in 7 and 9 whatever it takes to get in you know this has been proven in the past that a a team with a losing record that's playing decent enough football at the right time can knock off a team that most people wouldn't expect now there are a couple of teams that say oh the rams or maybe the cardinals if we ran into them at home in jersey in january we have a legitimate shot to advance but i think just getting into a game like that and having something to play for is great for a young team moving forward. I do too, and I haven't always said that here or elsewhere, um, but we'll, we'll save that topic for another day because my thoughts on teams tanking has definitely evolved over the last couple yeah. of years. So we'll, we'll save that for another time because I think that's a long segment. Um, I do want to mention 
one or two more teams here um, that we're looking at for next year. I think we both agreed the Chargers are a team to keep an eye on. Yeah, Herbert uh, has really proven that he's that guy. Yeah, and, and again, I was, I'll, I'll own it. I was not a believer. The, what I saw of him in college gave me no reason to think he was going to transition the league in the way that he has, but he's met and exceeded every expectation, in my opinion. I mean, this is another team similar to my team that has lost a lot of close games. But week in and week out, they're competing. I mean, their high point, even though it was a loss, they almost beat the defending world champion Chiefs. Um, They played admirably against a pretty good Miami team. Today, they play a team that they should blow the doors off of. And you'll find something out about that today if you play down to your competition, because that's also something that happens particularly with teams that are learning how to win. Yeah. But all in all... The Chargers have a stingy defense, not a great defense, but a stingy one that, you know, once again, you add some pieces, they can continue to get better. And offensively, um, they have a really underrated receiver in Keenan Allen. This kid Herbert could play. And you have, um, even with Eckler missing so much time this year, you have quality running backs. And I think that they are going in the right direction in a very competitive division. And, And people, yeah, yeah, big time competitive. But, you know, People assume that losing Philip Rivers would be a huge loss for them, and I think we're seeing uh, the one prediction I have been right about: Philip Rivers is not the dude he was. Um, he's finally starting to find his place with the Colts, which is not as a game-breaking quarterback; it's as a veteran that needs to make the smart play. But it was, you know, when you're looking at the Chargers, people assumed it was going to be this big fall off from Rivers to Herbert, and. It hasn't been, if anything. Herbert's no. putting them in position to win these games. No, and um, I think it was good for both teams for a different start. Initially, when the season started, I actually did pick the Colts to win the South at different times during the juncture of the year. I thought maybe Tennessee. Obviously, at this point, um, I do see the Colts as probably the front runner to win that division. Does that translate in the postseason? Time will tell. Rivers doesn't have the best track record in the postseason, but we'll see. But to your point, he is uh, deferring to his defense, to his running game, his screen game, the things that they do well. And I'll give him credit where it's due. They haven't had T.Y. Hilton pretty much all year. And they're making do with what they got. They're not the most dynamic offense, but they're winning games. And, you know, at the end of the day, a W is a W, so they are winning. They have a good challenge with Green Bay, which we'll uh, touch on in the show. Second part. How about, um, before we close off the Chargers, how about the job by Anthony Lynn? Pretty pretty great job over there. He doesn't I get a ton to of attention. So. Part of that is probably East Coast bias. But, yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, Even with uh, music, that happens a it, lot of things. Big time, big food. time. I mean, it's it's the reality. Most of the popular. Anyway, we won't talk about it. You guys know what East Coast bias is. Anthony Lynn, a hell of a job. Potential coach of the year candidate, in my opinion, to have yeah. them playing as well as they are. Yeah. I know the record isn't reflecting it, but if you're really looking at teams that are meeting exceeding expectations or or that are a product of their coach i would say um if you guys continue winning your guy and judge has a a solid shot and anthony lynn's got to be talked about we'll see how the rest of the year plays out but he's got those guys and flores all these teams and that's that's sort of why i think flores deserves coach of the year i believe i think i think judge will get mentioned he might be on the ballot but i just think because of the winning record and the more consistency, you got to go with Flores. But I do think Judge might get a couple of votes. A lot of this is going to come down to um, how these teams finish out the year, which is also reflective of the coaching. So it'll be fair in that way. But 
you know, what's the consistent thing? We're mentioning these as teams that have an eye toward the future and look good in that future. And it's no surprise that any of these coaches are a big part of that picture. Yeah. Shout out to the coaches. Um, I'll make brief mention of Arizona. I don't think they're surprising anyone anymore, but they are a team that I'm looking at that should feel good about their future. Um, they've got some aging components that they're going to need to replace in addition to the gaps they have on that team. But the core of that team is still very good. And again, coaching staff, great eye for the future, emerging talents. Like they're, we didn't really go hard on them this year because, or for this segment, excuse me, because I think it, the secret's out about them. Yeah. People kind of knew that they were here already, but, um, you made a critical point about them, which I tend to agree with. And part of the reason why I said I want to play them in the playoffs, or hopefully that could be one of those ones that we steal in the regular season. But they do have an aspect of being a little too one-dimensional. Uh, their defense is sneaky good, but you know they're still missing a couple of pieces here and there. Chandler Jones is a phenomenal player, former Patriot. But as far as the offense goes, you know, D-Hop, arguably the best receiver in the league, Kyler Murray is emerging into something down the road that can be comparable to what Russell Wilson is, which is a hell of a compliment and a division rival at that. They're, you know, Kingsbury's doing a good job there. They have some pieces that they still they need more balance to your point. You said it on Friday, but I don't He's, think they're far. Well, and here's the funny thing though. Um I actually am mentioning them last intentionally because of the teams for next year, I think they've got more to worry about. The teams that we discussed first, the Chargers, the Dolphins, your boys, um, they know what they need yeah. for next season to succeed. Yeah. Arizona is going to have to account for things like player regression. How long is Larry Fitz going to be able to defy age? Yeah, you and, know, people, and just because he doesn't fill up a stat sheet, I don't think people truly understand how important he is. They will when he's gone, yeah. which could be any year at this point. So, yeah. Kind of like even a Jason Witten. Exactly. So, uh, oh, we didn't mention that one team, though. Um, we're going to wrap it up here because we went a little long, but we'll make a mention of the Vegas Raiders. I don't know their roster well enough, but I know that they've looked better than I expected. And um, what they're building out there looks like it could be sustainable but honest i'd be lying if i said i knew enough to really talk about them. what i have seen is that now granted jacobs has been hurt lately but they do have a decent enough run game they're gaining some physicality i think where the raiders are sneaky good is that their secondary is quietly getting better week to week uh now granted they play in a division where you got to see guys like herbert for the next god knows how many years and obviously pat mahomes denver is is a crapshoot we don't i'm not really a fan of their direction but I do like their quarterback. Point to be made is that they're going to be in a lot of wide-open games, but the Raiders are definitely here. I don't know if they make the playoffs this year, but they are they are going to be around for a while. And I, I do tend to think of them sort of like a, a poor man's Arizona, though. Like They're they're better than we thought this year. We kind of knew they might have some stuff, but I also see them as a team that they're going to have a lot of question marks going into the offseason, whereas some of those other teams, maybe not. Now, I'm going to be very quick on this one. You know, on the flip side of this, there are a couple of teams that maybe have better records right now or that are even young, but maybe not necessarily with that big window looking forward. One team that glares out at me is the Cleveland Browns, and it's a very simple thing. I can go into all the schematics. I'm not. They have a lot of bad contracts that was set up to win now. Now, granted, this team is 6-3, and three, but they haven't beaten a team with a winning record. Now, of course, I'm rooting for them today because I, I need them to win for my team, but... Odell 
Great talent. That man cannot stay healthy. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb has been hurt. He just came back. There's a lot of personality situations there, but the most important position is quarterback. And we both agree. Baker Mayfield probably isn't that guy. He's not that dude. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop us here. We're going to take a break. Um, but I think we're going to open up next week's show with a discussion about these sort of teams, these teams that have a decent record but maybe aren't going anywhere, maybe are looking at a tough situation in the offseason similar to what we talked yeah, about this morning. it's hard to keep those guys. Right. A so lot of money to throw around. We'll open up next week's show with that if you guys like this sort of breakdown. If not, well, you got to tell us about it. Otherwise, we're going to do whatever we please. Uh, yeah, so. Catherine F., uh, where are you at? <laughs> Let us know what it is. So any listeners, as always, please call in. Dorney, um, you too. Yeah, yeah, we enjoy we enjoy feedback from you guys. So give us a call. Let us know. We're going to take a short break before we do our predictions. And our boy and host, Jordan, is going to give you some info on Focused mobile detailing we'll be back in a bit guys if you haven't already you need to check out focus mobile detailing this is a family-owned business and they don't leave until you're happy so what they'll do is actually come out to your place of work or to your home while your car is parked in the driveway and do a complete detail on your vehicle and then they don't leave until you're happy guys so if you see something you don't like let Jovan know. He'll, he'll take good care of you. And if you guys subscribe to the Jordan Patrick Show, we'll give you 25% off any package that they have to offer. They do company and group packages as well. And the packages start as low as $45. So it's a damn good deal, guys. Check them out. And they aim for a showroom finish. They're family-owned, and they treat every car like it's their own. Give them a call today, 407-310-2976. Ask for Jovan. Once again, 407 310 2976 that's focused mobile detailing all right and we're back so focus mobile detailing definitely check those guys out if you have a need to get your car looking right um so ritz we're gonna run through these games pretty quick there's a few we'll focus on and do our normal thing with but um we want to we want to speed this up for you guys so we're gonna start off our calls with the uh cincinnati Bengals. Facing the Washington football team. That's over in Washington, right? It sure is, yep. So, I mean, me personally, I, I don't know. Um, I'll say I'm going to take Cincinnati to win this one. Um, 27 to 20. Um, it's going to be a sloppy game. These are not good teams. Uh, I think Joe Burrow makes a few plays and gives them the edge. Simple as that. What do you have for this one there, Rich? I'm going to go uh, the opposite way. I got Cincinnati 20, Washington 24. I think that Washington pass rush is going to get after Joe Burrow, and I think uh, they're just due to win a game. I have a feeling Alex Smith is going to win today. Just outplay Burrow. He should have won last week. Yeah. Honestly. Could have happened. It would have been. A, it was a nice story to see him do that well, but um, maybe you're right. I don't know. Should be uh, – Interesting for fans of that team, and that's about it. I won't it. be mad if since he wins. You know, Washington is in our division. But. This is true, and given the state of the East, they're all competitors. So. I didn't think I would even care, but I'm glad we swept Fuck them. Fuck me. All right. Um, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles going to Cleveland to play the Browns. Um, this is why Richie's a Browns fan today. I I don't believe in either of these teams, if I'm being honest. Um, but the Browns have the better record, I guess. 
So I'll take them um, 31 to 24. Um, going a little lower on that. I also have the Browns winning. I'm going to go 23-17 Cleveland. Uh, no Miles Garrett, but they are home. The weather's going to be relatively shitty. Carson Wentz has just been awful, and that O-line hasn't been helping him much. Miles, uh, Miles Sanders will play well. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt will play better. Uh, if Baker Mayfield doesn't turn the ball over, they'll win. All right, so next up on the slate, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are going to New Orleans to play the 7-2 Saints. Um, this one's a little bit more interesting. The Saints are playing without Drew Brees, who has multiple fractured ribs. Um, and the other big story that we have been following is Taysom Hill getting the call to start over Jameis Winston, who was in a sort of apprenticeship type role, we thought. Um, what are your thoughts on that one? I think the Hill start might still be smoke and mirrors. Um, I do think that he'll get an equal timeshare to Jameis. I do think Jameis is going to get some action. You think um, it's his head games? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think that they want to see what Hill could bring on regular reps, but I have a feeling that if he struggles a bit, or just for the complexity of confusing the other team, I have a feeling that Jameis will get an opportunity as well. Um, as far as Drew Brees goes, best case scenario, week 14. Worst case scenario, out for the year. I'm going to go somewhere in the middle. He'll be back in week 16. Um, they're trying to stave off those bucks from catching them. They do have a season sweep, but they're trying to prevent them from jumping them in the standings. So um, I expect Atlanta to play hard. They normally do against this Saints team. I'm going to go high scoring 34 27 Saints. I think Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are going to ball out. And um, it should be interesting just from seeing what they intend on doing on offense. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a lot of offense. In theory, the Saints have a sneaky good defense. Um, they're a lot better than people tend to expect. Now that they got their corners healthy, too. Yeah, that helps. Um, Lattimore's still questionable, but I expect him to play. And Jack Rabbit will play. They'll be all right. Yeah, so I, I think uh, the Saints should actually win this one comfortably, but more on the back of their defense containing Atlanta um, than anything because they're, they're not going to stop Atlanta. Atlanta's offense... Is still pretty damn good. So I got this one going um, 34 to 28 oh, in favor close. of the Saints. Very close. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a tight game, but I think the Saints will be pretty comfortable there. Um, so moving right along, we have the Detroit Lions playing the Carolina Panthers in Carolina, mind you. Um, what do you got? What are your thoughts on that one? Not thinking about it all that much. I think you have two uh, relatively mediocre teams, but one of them has a little bit of a better playoff chance than the other one. I think that becomes a moot point because I think Carolina wins. I don't think it's going to be the prettiest game. There's no Christian McCaffrey again for them. I'm going to go Carolina 24, Detroit 23. Yeah, for the neutral observer, this is not uh, really a fascinating game at all. Um Playoff implications are a bit of a stretch and not not too much excitement from either of these teams this year. It's been another bland year for Detroit. A lot of nothing to say about them. And Carolina, of course, with the, the injury issues and a, a relatively new into their rebuild. Um, I guess if you want to sort of see what they look like, I don't know. It's it's week 11. If you, if you were interested, you would have seen them. So we'll move it right along. I got um, Detroit winning this one 23-20, and that's just 
pulling numbers because I, I got nothing on that game. So um, moving along, New England Patriots are headed to Houston to play the Texans. I think you were pretty definitive on your call for this one. Yeah, the Patriot defense coming off a very big win against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Patriots have had a bad habit of playing bad against poorer competition while playing very well against better competition, which tells me that they're still a decent football team. Uh, you know, you lose Tom Brady, you got a lot of injuries, you got opt-outs. It's tough. I think the Patriots play better today than they have against poorer teams. I'm going to go New England 27, Houston Texans 16. Yeah, uh, both of these teams have injury lists that look like um, short stories. I mean, they're long. They're long. These teams are beat up. Um, Again, this is not an overly exciting game unless you're fans of the teams. It will be a little interesting. You got the um, eighth-ranked pass offense as far as yards per game versus the second-ranked rushing team. Um, New England loves to run the ball. They've got some pretty explosive running backs back there and like a Sony Michelle. Um, whereas Houston as as every week it's Deshaun Watson, you know. Um yeah. so they're one dimensional because of a lot of issues and I've said this so many times about Houston. Too many number twos, no number one. And uh that Patriot secondary, although it might not be what it was in the past, they're still good enough to take care of those guys and they will. Yeah, I like your call. I'm I'm gonna go uh, super low scoring though. It's gonna be twenty to sixteen in favor of the Patriots. Um, kind of kind of not that fun to watch, but you never know. Pat's score on defense today. I got that too. Okay, okay, that's a good call. Um, another game that should be kind of a blowout, but you never know. Uh, the Steelers are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, and as bad as the Jaguars are. Their uh, their games are always kind of interesting because you don't really know what to expect from them. They, uh, it's usually not good, but some stuff happens. Um, I'm feeling silly today. I'm gonna pick an upset special. Oh shit! You got the Steelers not playing that great the last few weeks. Um, I think they're more than good enough to put this team away, but this this could be a game where they sleepwalk enough and Jacksonville's erratic enough to. Make a few plays and win, we'll say, 23-19 to 19 with maybe an injury to the Steelers. Ooh, um, I don't see that today. Uh, I did think Jacksonville played admirably against Green Bay. Green Bay struggles against the run. Jacksonville did exploit that, kept their drives live. That's not going to happen today. Pittsburgh's excellent against the run. And I don't think Jacksonville has the answers on either side of their defense. I got Pittsburgh winning in easy fashion 31-13, and I expect the turnover war to be 4-1 in Pittsburgh's favor. Pittsburgh will cough it up once, maybe by accident, but I uh, I like Pittsburgh to roll on these guys today. Sorry, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, from a football analysis perspective, this should be pretty cut and dry, but it's 2020. Yeah, so. you, yeah you never you, you, can, you can't account for that. You know, you never know. Um, one game that we will focus a little bit more on is going to be the Tennessee Titans at six and three facing the Baltimore Ravens who are also six and three and coming off a tough loss. Um, let's, let's talk about it. What are your picks? What's your reasoning? A lot of, a lot of big feelings and, and nasty feelings with these two teams, uh, historically going back to even the Ray Lewis, Eddie George days, more recently, Mike Vrabel's Titans defeated the number one seed Ravens in Baltimore last year when things are normal and we had fans. Um, 
ruining Lamar Jackson's MVP season. I think Baltimore gets a little measure of revenge today. These are both teams that lately can be seen as underachieving. But having said that, they're both good football teams, and they're both well-coached. I think the Ravens, Derrick Henry's going to get his. I just think the Ravens are going to do a good enough job of taking away the rest of what Tennessee does. I like the Ravens in a close one, 26-23. to That's a good shout, and um, I'm essentially going to agree with you a couple of reasons why. The injury list for Tennessee is significantly longer. The yeah. Ravens are a bit more healthy, and they got to be pissed off. They got to be pissed off once again. Losing maybe this to a rival like that. Yeah, you know, maybe this isn't a team that's getting motivated by losses because we've said this pretty much after all of their losses. They should come out and smack people around, and, and with the, the lower-tier teams, they've done that. But uh, who's their prove-it win so far? Who have they beaten that's worth a damn? You can't really say that they have one. I mean, Pittsburgh won a close one against them, but it was in Baltimore. Uh, there are, they also lost in Baltimore to the defending world champion Chiefs. That's two of their three losses. I have to jog back. I'm not 100% sure who their third loss was at the moment. I'd have to jog back and look. It but was last week. It was uh, the Patriots. Yeah, I know they lost to the Patriots and Chiefs. I just can't figure out who else they lost to. I know they got one other loss. Oh, the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, okay. You said them all. I did um, say it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. More coffee, please. Yeah, yeah, seriously, always. Um. The Pittsburgh loss was uh, a quality loss, if such a thing exists, right? But the New England one last week was ugly. And, you know, the Chiefs one was ugly. So the bounce back has to be real. And Tennessee is vulnerable. They're a good team, but they're vulnerable right now. They're not in the best of form. You're going to find out a lot about both these teams today because both these teams need this win. Well, I think the Ravens' defense has been really good this year and they're gonna have to be against a one-dimensional team but that one dimension is pretty damn strong when you have derrick henry back there so um it'll be close like you said lamar jackson's got to find a way to move the ball through the air mm-hmm. plain and simple and any chance is not good enough it's not good enough the running is explosive but you know you can't run wildcat he's got to be a quarterback too and he has the potential for it he definitely can make the throws, so he's got to be more consistent with his accuracy, and I think he will today enough against a banged-up Tennessee defense. Um, they're going to win 24, liking that score today, 24-20 to 20, uh, in favor of the Ravens. And, and being three games out of first, they do play Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving, but any chance that they have to win the North, I really don't think that happens. But That's- just to up their, their status with the – extra wild card to get a more favorable matchup in the playoffs they both these teams need this win tennessee's chasing indy but i like baltimore it's gonna be a good game i like that's, Baltimore. that's a tough stretch man yeah no. that's it like the patriots obviously good enough to beat the ravens but even if they hadn't won you don't expect them to pushovers even this year right no, the defense no. is too good then you get tennessee another hard-nosed team and then you get the short week to face pittsburgh not easy. <laughs> That's a brutal stretch for those guys. So if they're going to be contenders like we thought they were. And great coaching, too. Yeah, yeah. If they're going to be the contenders they want to be, they're, this is the time to prove it. Big test. Um, so that's definitely my um, 1 o'clock slot game to watch. No doubt about that. A lot of snorers, but that one game should be a lot of fun um, and with big implications. Moving along to our afternoon, late afternoon games, uh, the Miami Dolphins are going out to Mile High, <laughs> and they're gonna play Denver. 
What do we think about this one? I think you 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 said it before. I'll paraphrase it. Um, this could be a trap game for a young team like Miami. Is is pretty much what you said, and I think you're right on with that. Uh, the Dolphins have. We said it in the first segment. They have exceeded all expectations, and now we have to look at them as a team trying to become a contender. Mm-hmm. And when a team as young as they are faces a team, a flawed team like Denver, it should be a game they should win. But Denver's good enough to make it a, a tough one. So what's your call? I still think Miami wins. I don't think they might necessarily look as clean or as impressive as they have in previous weeks. It's... Um... It's going to be interesting, but I think Miami's defense ultimately wins this game for them. I'm going to go Miami 29, Denver 23. I got Miami winning also, but I think what Denver does on offense is, again, this is one of these vanilla offenses that we talk about, and Miami's success has been on the back of an opportunistic defense. Yeah, They're not going to get chances to change the game uh, the way they have to set up their offense because the offense hasn't looked great. They're low in yards per game. They're low in points per game. They just, or excuse me, they're low in yards per game, but decent in points per game because the defense has set them yeah, up it's, so it's well. It's good enough position where they're playing with like, you, you get know, 60 field. yards as opposed right. to 85, 90 yards. The short field the defense has provided for them has been on the back of turnovers um, as well as just solid defensive play. But um, it's not going to happen with Denver. Denver's going to take better care of the ball, and it's going to make it tough for Miami to move the ball up and down the field. Low-scoring game. I got 18-12 to 12, um, in favor of Miami. Real okay. real ugly. Okay. Um, but could be a game that makes us continue talking about this Miami team. Pick that would Miami's put them at 7-3. and three. Pick up Miami's kicker. There you go. Um, so <laughs> in a traditional lock of the week situation, you got the Jets playing the Chargers um in la and this is another situation um la as one of those teams with potential for next year but a young core they need to figure out ways to close out games do they do it this week against the uh the jets um they'll win i expect it to be relatively high scoring i've got the chargers winning at home 31 23 against the jets yeah I got 34 13 Just Chargers. Out of curiosity, what is the point spread on that? Uh, the spread is nine and a half. Hmm, so I wouldn't consider this my lock of the week. My lock of the week, I'm going to back it up just a moment. New England, give that a check. Lock. That one's a two point spread, so that's, that's pretty yeah. ballsy, man. Got them winning by 11. Uh, but no, uh, I think the Jets keep it close enough, cover that spread, but they will lose because that's what they do. Yeah, I don't. I think the Chargers. Take care of total Flacco business here. Thirty-four, thirteen. A little more credibility in terms of competitiveness, but the better yeah. team will win. Flacco can make some plays that shouldn't happen, but he can also make the play you expect, which is the turnovers, which cause blowouts. Uh, the Jets are starting to figure out we can hand the ball off to some of these talented runners, like Michael Pirine. Yeah, he's all right. I know. Well, I watched him for four years yeah. with the Gators. It's yeah. always fun when uh, these guys translate in the league. But um, the Jets are not a good football team. Justin so. Tuck? I, I missed that shredder helmet. That was some badass <laughs> shit. Tom Brady still has nightmares. So before we talk about the afternoon feature game, we'll briefly touch on my guys back again. It was nice last week not having to worry about the tragedy that is watching the Cowboys this year. Um, they're on some Shakespearean shit with how <laughs> fucking devastating they are to watch. 
Um, and yet you were talking about them having a chance today. I don't think so. Cowboys are going to play the Vikings, who are starting to find their footing and maybe are going to take a run at the NFC North. Um, I got the Cowboys losing 36-19. to 19. Our defense is just bad. It's just bad. I don't trust Kirk Cousins all that much, nor do I trust Andy Dalton all that much. I think you have two very good running backs. Um, now, granted, Zeke hasn't been putting up Zeke-like numbers because of all the attrition on offense. Today, I think the Cowboys compete and make this a very interesting game. But I am picking Minnesota by the slimmest of margins to eke this one out 25-23. So that's not unreasonable. I mean, the, the news that did break this morning that I saw, Zach Martin, all-pro guard, is going to start at right tackle today that for the help. Cowboys. That will help. It's, it's pretty much showing our hand like, hey, you guys know how we like to run Zeke? Well, we're going to run Zeke. We're going to run him to the right. Um, and we're going to try and get them off tackle and try and see if we can hit that sideline because... Yeah, try to impose their will and see if it could lead to maybe Dalton having some play-action opportunities. I mean, you still have a very talented wide receiver core. It's just hard to get them the football right now. And putting him on... the Well, putting Zach Martin out there, he's not a natural tackle, but he's just a, a top-tier lineman, so he'll maybe give that extra split second of time for Dalton to step up in the pocket and actually get the ball off. That'd be nice. Um... But still, it's we're a flawed team front to bottom. So we're both picking Vikings just by different margins. Um, the next game is probably going to be your game of the week for uh, as far as broadcasts go. Not for us, but it should be a fun one. The uh, Green Bay Packers are heading to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Um, kind of a must win for both of these teams. Well, Green Bay is getting some breath from the team we just mentioned. The Vikings are having a... After a terrible start, they're having a decent second half, and they split with Green Bay. Um, Green Bay is not they'll, been they'll looking be at five hundred with a win over Dallas today, which so. is massive for them. And Green Bay, on the other hand, is uh, five over five hundred. They're seven and two. Mm-hmm. But I question them, similar to last year when they went and made that title game. I question their wins sometimes. The, they have not been winning impressively. Now, a wins a win. You can say the same thing about Pittsburgh, but uh, we're talking about Green Bay. I don't like them today. I know Aaron Rodgers has a great history of playing in stadiums similar to Indy, Lucas Oil. I like Indy in a physical game, kind of imposing their will, and Indy has a sneaky good defense. Well, they I mean, they had high expectations this year. Um, I don't know if they're sneaking, though. They're the top-ranked defenses in yards allowed. I think they that Jacksonville lost to start the year I think really like just changed our outlook on them and they're starting to figure out who they are and that defense is playing elite as you pointed out um, and they're figuring out that Rivers is not Rodgers he's not going to carry you to victory he's going to prevent you from losing so you need to find other ways to win the game I, um, I'm forecasting a rough day early for Aaron Rodgers I think he'll shape it up but I do see him throwing the uh, uncharacteristic pick um, I like Indy in a close one, 30-27 to 27 over Papa's Packers. It's going to be a good game, but uh, I think Indy's going to win. I do. Yeah, I'm going to go. I mean, this is a tight game either way you slice it. I'm going to go with uh, my wife's more favored team and your dad's team, Green Bay. I think they're going to pull a close one. Aaron Rodgers, heroics uh, versus Rivers, unable to complete those plays that uh, require arm strength. 
Um, I got 38-34. High-scoring game. Um, It'll it'll be kind of tightly contested, low-scoring, and then I think you'll see one of those games where it really opens up later in the game, and you have one of those um, 14-17 fourth quarters. It's the perfect storm for Green Bay after an underwhelming win against Jacksonville to beat the shit out of a quality team and be like, fuck you, we told you we were here. I kind of like Indy, but it wouldn't blow my mind if you're right, but it should be good enough to watch, and I intend on watching it. It's going to be close, one-score game. Either way, we spin it, and the spread, of course, is only one and a half in favor of Indy, so it should be a fun one. Um, tonight's game is also kind of a fun matchup. We're not going to go too long on this one, but the Chiefs are going to Vegas for the rematch game. Um Despite the storylines, despite the Raiders' victory that I called, I want to take credit for that one more time, um, I don't see it happening again. I think the Raiders have potential, but I think they're punching above their weight this year, and I think the Chiefs are figuring out. They're starting to look like that team that knows they got to step on teams' throats. They're taking everybody's best shot. You can't let them hang around. So I see the Chiefs coming out, firing, and starting hot. Getting a big lead and keeping it. They're going to win this one um, 38-17. I got Vegas doing a little better on offense. I think for a little while we might see a bit of a shootout. KC has had a propensity for getting involved in some of these lately. But I just think uh, their offense is going to really click. Sammy Watkins is out again, but they he's been out a lot. They, they, they find ways to improvise week in and week out. I expect an even tilt between Bell and Edwards Hilar for uh, Hilaire for uh, carries. I got the Chiefs winning 45-31 and busting up all kinds of over and unders. I don't even know what the over-under is, but I like KC by 14. 45-31, Pat Mahomes, four passing touchdowns. Mahomes doing Mahomes things and Mahoning your spreads. Yeah, that's that's over uh, the 7.5-point spread. Maybe five. I got him in fantasy. Come on, Pat. (laughs) Throw five. Run one in. So the last game we also do want to feature a little bit too because I think it's going to be a good one. Um, Six and three LA Rams are facing the seven and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers down here in Tampa. Um, Pretty good Monday night matchup. One of the best ones I think I've seen in a while. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We got to talk about this one for me to really – I honestly don't have a prediction in mind, so let's see if you can uh, clear it up for me. Give me some thoughts on this game. What These do you got, teams are similarly built. Mm-hmm. The one glaring difference is that Tampa has more talent at wideout. Defensively, I think you could possibly even say the Rams are the better team. They both have solid running games. They both have a propensity for not turning the ball over all that much. This is an underrated Super Bowl rematch between two quarterbacks, Goff and Brady, from just a couple of years ago. I have Tampa winning by literally the slimmest of margins, 24 to 23. A lot of these fantasy analysts out there are saying do not play either one of Tampa's backs. I unfortunately don't have a choice, so I am starting Ronald Jones, who I do think is heading Northwood in the Tampa backfield over Leonard Fournette. I expect a couple of turnovers on each side. The Rams' defense is no joke, but I think Tampa does just enough to eke this one out and stay right on New Orleans' ass as they chase down that South title. It's going to be a very, if you like defense, this is going to be good. It's going to be physical. 
has some old school components to it. I just trust Brady more than Goff, and ultimately that's what this comes down to. But a great matchup, and I hope we get to see a little bit of it, would be Jalen Ramsey and Antonio Brown, because I would just love to be... <laughs> With the egos on yeah, that side of the yeah, field. Yeah, I would just Holy love to shit. Yeah, mic those two guys up. You know, that you might know be... how in Madden they have the bubbles for the zone? Oh, that yeah. cover like, like in a cover two, it takes up half of the field. Oh, yeah. That's their fucking egos. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a fun match, and they have for a little sure. history too from the Jacksonville Pittsburgh uh, uh, yeah, playoff right. games because people forget Jacksonville had a hard fall, but previous years Jacksonville and Pittsburgh were some seriously isn't, good games. Isn't Blake Bortles a backup still in L.A. or did he get? Oh shit! We, we're adding some some extra <laughs> salt coming and pepper back to Central this. Florida to uh, I don't know. White you golf can't ass. finish. <laughs> Yeah, tough loss for those guys uh, last night, too. Sorry, Knights. No, I'm not. Don't care. Um, Um, But back on track here. um, Talking about, speaking of slept on defense. Oh, High School, by the way, Blake Bortles. Just want to get that out there. Fuck that guy. The Lions. Slept on defenses. You got number two in points allowed, LA Rams versus eighth for the Tampa Bay Bucks. You got second in yards allowed for the Rams, third for the Bucks. They are mirror images in a lot of ways. I've gone on the air in the past and said, who would I rather play out of these two teams if we ran into them? We've uh, played them both in the regular season. We lost to them both, both close margins. Tampa wins the turnover differential, but basically you got a slightly better passing game with Tampa versus a a much better statistically rushing game for the Rams, but I I think that's more by virtue of philosophy. Yeah. The Rams tend to be more possession-oriented, and that's what's going to swing this game for me. Two reasons. Um, the weakness of the Tampa Bay team is Brady does not have the the rapport with the receivers just yet that he can move the pocket and know where those guys are going to be to make those throws. you got to count for Aaron Donald. And that's it. The Tampa Bay O-line is weak, and you got a strong defense and defensive line. That front seven for the Rams is nasty. They're going to keep Brady under pressure. And this is where we talk about chemistry. Brady doesn't know where his guys are going to be and can't make those plays where he's able to shift the pocket, buy a little extra time, and make the throw. He's going to have to eat those passes. And when he starts getting frustrated later in the game from throwing so many passes away or taking short sacks, he's going to start forcing it. The Rams are good enough to take advantage. That's going to swing this game 23-20 Los Angeles Rams. It wouldn't shock me if you're right. It's going to be good. Um. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Well, my team played both these teams. Uh, now we were playing a little bit better football when we played Tampa. Uh, we only managed to put up nine against the Rams, but we held them to seventeen. And I don't even want to talk about losing to Tampa. Daniel Jones handed that game away. But um, if I had a choice with a team that possibly my team could sneak in, I'm gonna say I'd rather play the Rams just because of their anemic offense. Uh, I don't necessarily know if I want to see Tom Brady. I I would go the opposite way and. Honestly, for any team, but I'd rather play Tampa. They've got more talent, but you know, when, when you you guys have a good defense, that and we do. when it talks about frustrating teams, Tampa's more likely to implode because they're not putting up points than That's the Rams. Valid. That's a valid point. The Rams are used to being in tightly contested, uh, grinded out games, and Tampa they got a little bit of prima donna action. You think about where all the money is; they're in the glory positions, not the the grinded out spots. And I will say this too. Um, one thing that I have seen, if we're comparing both these defenses, uh, talent-wise, you can make a case that they're similar to each other. But from a discipline level, 
and a maturity level, I feel that the Rams do have an advantage on Tampa. Um, Tampa gets, I don't know where they rank in penalties, but they rack up a lot of flags, and that could also bode big in this one. Well, I am uh, sticking with the Bucks, but it's going to be good. My other thing is, like, so the Tampa Bay defense is uh, opportunistic and aggressive, um, and they don't give up that many yards either, so they're not like bend but don't break, cause turnover type. They're They're just a good defense. However, the Rams' strength is their offensive line. Good point. Which is the opposite I mean, of the They Bucks. came out the gates week one against your team and proved that shit. I mean, turns out that wasn't proven much. Like fucking wet tissue paper, that Dallas D. But still, they've proven that they still have an elite offensive line unit when they're healthy, which they have been this year. Um, that, to me, is the difference in this game. Goff is not as good as Brady. No, But he's going to have slightly more time against a good defense than Brady will against a good defense. So it'll be a few plays that swing this game. I got the Rams winning a close one. Believe um, me, I wouldn't cry if Brady c- catches a L. I did pick them in uh, our buddy Jordan Patrick's pool. Our friend Hajar is playing this week. Oh. She picked your Cowboys. Well, that shows you how often she's listened to our podcast because anyone that's listened knows you don't pick the Cowboys this year. Yeah, Hajar. Not since week three. Yeah, Hajar, quick capping. Yeah, we At still any love rate, you. Absolutely. At we any love rate, you. yeah, I think that does it for us this week. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for listening. Richie, anything you want to say before we take off? No, uh, we appreciate the listens and uh, enjoy your football Sunday. We hope that we were able to help a little, whether you're gambling or playing some fantasy. Just enjoy the games. Have a good day. Absolutely. And since we probably won't have a show before, have a, have a very happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, enjoy the games. If we get a chance, we'll preview them. But otherwise, enjoy the turkey. Enjoy the football. We'll talk to you soon.